WHO and UNOCHA went together yesterday on Christmas Day to Al-Aqsa Hospital in the middle area of the Gaza Strip following reports of a huge mass casualty incident in Magazi refugee camp, but also uh, other strikes that have affected the middle area over the last 36 to 48 hours or so. And we heard about significant casualties arriving in Al-Aqsa Hospital. And what we found when we got there was that there had been 100 plus patients brought in with serious injuries within a very short period, within about 30 minutes, they said, plus about 100 deaths that were brought into the hospital around the same time. And we heard from one of the doctors at Al-Aqsa Hospital that they had a stream of patients following that for about the next 12 hours, a significant number of patients. So we went on very short notice, a bit of an emergency mission to understand what had happened, to speak to the doctors and nurses, see how the hospital was coping, try to better understand what had happened and the situation in the middle area. Now, the World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus has been using words like carnage to describe what's been happening in places like Al-Maghazi refugee camp, where you saw victims uh, yesterday going to the hospital. Is that a fair reflection of what you saw? I mean, you have posted some very distressing social media videos, haven't you? Yes, it's very distressing. I think carnage is a fair word uh, that Dr. Tedros has used. Yesterday when I was at Al-Aqsa, I saw, unfortunately, very sadly, I watched a young boy die um, who um, had been injured in a blast. Um, We've seen children, women, young men, old men and women, people bleeding out. At the same time yesterday at Al-Aqsa, I saw a woman who had multiple gunshot wounds. An attempt was made to refer her and she was referred back because she was bleeding so heavily. So there's blood everywhere in these hospitals at the moment. We're seeing almost only trauma cases come through the door and at a scale that's quite difficult to believe. It's a bloodbath, as we said before, it's carnage. It's it's a horrible scene. And I've seen that at Al-Aqsa yesterday. I've seen it at Al-Shifa in the north. And I've seen it at the two largest hospitals here in the southern part of Gaza, European Gaza Hospital and Nasser Medical Complex in previous weeks. It's every time I visit a hospital in any part of the Gaza Strip, it's a very similar situation in the emergency department. So where you are now, you're speaking from the very south of the Gaza Strip and you appear to be in safe locations and hopefully that will continue. How many hospitals are now functioning? And when I say functioning, that means able to actually treat trauma victims in the Strip. So there's nowhere actually that's safe in Gaza. We're at the UN Joint Humanitarian Operations Center right now in Rafa. Outside the door of this building, 50 meters from where I'm sitting right now, there's a camp of thousands of people who have resettled here because they've lost their homes or they've fled violence. And they're in plastic sheeting shelters right outside the door. And last night we heard fighting almost all night long with reports coming in during the day today of many injuries presenting to the hospitals here in the South. So there's two hospitals that are functioning now in Southern Gaza at full scale. Well, not even really full scale. European Gaza Hospital and Nasser Medical Complex are the larger hospitals. Al-Najjar Hospital and Emirati Hospital here in Rafa with more specialized services. But across Gaza at the moment, health capacity is at about 20% of what it was 80 or so days ago. So almost all of the hospital beds, almost all of the hospital services have stopped functioning, either because the facilities themselves have been affected, because the staff have been forced to flee, because they run out of power, or they run out of 
uh, medical supplies and or the staff have not been able to access them. Even European Gaza Hospital, which is one of the, the largest hospitals, and it's 15 minutes up the road from where I am today, many of the staff can't get there because there's fighting in the area around the hospital. And Nasser Medical Complex, we heard the same thing today, that staff are leaving the hospital because it's unsafe in that area. There was actually an evacuation order there yesterday. So if health workers can't access the hospitals, services can't be delivered. And at the same time, we're seeing this drop in health service delivery. We're seeing a huge increase in complex trauma cases, like the cases that I saw yesterday at AXA, neurological cases, orthopedic cases, a whole range of complex casualties that hospitals just aren't able to cope with. And talking of supplies and Al-Aqsa again, where you were in central Gaza yesterday, that's a cancer hospital, isn't it? So what kind of supplies are you able to get to those people with chronic illnesses who need urgent treatment nonetheless? Were you able to take anything yesterday or was that not the aim? So yesterday we didn't take supplies. We were specifically there at Al-Aqsa to understand what had happened. Actually, Al-Aqsa has been supplied in the last few weeks. Despite what I described in the current circumstances in the Gaza Strip, one of the more functioning hospitals, they do have supplies. They do have fuel in their reservoir. They have a generator that's on. They have support from MSF. They have some specialist surgeons. So they do have more than many other hospitals, but they're still struggling to keep pace with the number of patients that are coming in. But we're seeing supply shortages in many hospitals around Gaza. Actually, a team from WHO is in the north today delivering supplies. Some of those are trauma supplies. Some of them are uh, routine inpatient and outpatient medicines. But you see a lot of trauma in the news. You see my videos and, and we see a lot of trauma in the emergency departments. But all of the non-communicable diseases, the cancer patients, the people with diabetes, the people with heart conditions and, and other conditions, they're not able to access services in most of the Gaza Strip right now. The hospitals are totally overwhelmed. And what we were hearing at AXA yesterday is that they don't have a shortage necessarily of surgeons. They don't have enough operating theaters. They don't have enough physical space in the hospital to accommodate the number of patients that are coming. And obviously, when there's a constant stream of people on the edge of death who need life-saving care, they take priority. There's a triage process that happens. And unfortunately, in some cases, care is being rationed because there's just only so many health workers to care for this huge number of patients with serious, serious injuries. Thank you very much for that, Sean. Tedros also spoke about logistical challenges. Um, is that a euphemism for fighting, for airstrikes, for the fact that it's just extremely difficult to travel in the Gaza Strip at the moment. You've also said in the past that it's very difficult to take a lot of aid when you need to be flexible. You can only take a certain amount. Is that still the case? It's it's not a euphemism. I mean, there are there are real logistical challenges. So we have a limited number of supply trucks coming across the Rafah crossing. Then to get supplies to hospitals across the Gaza Strip, we have to plan with the parties to the conflict to make sure that routes are as deconflicted as possible so that we know as much as possible that we can proceed safely. Sometimes those routes change. They have us go through areas that are very crowded. And actually, with 2 million people almost displaced, we have huge crowds living in certain areas. Even here in Rafa, sometimes it's hard to drive down the street. It takes 30 minutes to go one kilometer because there are so many people in the streets. And then as you go farther north, the level of destruction is so incredible, so significant, that roads are full of rubble, there are downed wires, there are downed power lines and poles. When I went to Shifa earlier this week, we had food trucks in front of us that were getting offloaded by the public. 
and that blocked the road with hundreds of people. So we had to reroute in real time. On one occasion, it took four hours to go 40 kilometers to Al-Shifa. So it's not just a euphemism. We do have to go through checkpoints. We do have security procedures that have to be followed, but it's also just dealing with the road conditions, dealing with punctured tires because we're driving over rubble and exposed rebar and things like that. It's a range of challenges. I understand it's extremely difficult and the help you're getting to these hospitals is so urgently needed. And last question to you, Sean, really, you gave very moving testimony from your last visit to Al-Akli and uh, Al-Shifa. And I guess what most people would want to know is what has happened to those remaining patients there who you said, quotes, unquotes, were waiting to die. Unfortunately, that's still the case for most of them. We heard good news this morning from our colleagues in the Palestinian Red Crescent Society that they managed to move a small number of patients from Al-Afli. That's the hospital where many patients are sleeping on pews in the church. Patients who should be in an intensive care unit are in pews in a church on Christmas Day, as you said. Um, they're, most of them are still there. In Al-Shifa, I think one patient was transferred out yesterday among the hundreds who were there in serious condition or critical condition. So it's a drop in the bucket. We still need to do more to move these patients, but the options are becoming more and more limited as health facilities become less accessible, as health workers themselves are displaced. We don't have very many referral options and the operating theaters are at full capacity. So we're trying to add more. There are emergency medical teams that are deploying. They're setting up additional operating theaters like MSF has done in Al-Aqsa, International Medical Corps is going to be doing the same here in Rafa. The UAE has set up a field hospital, but we it's still the numbers don't match the scale of trauma and of surgical cases that we're seeing from all over the Gaza Strip.